In this new podcast series, I will be talking to visionaries, creatives, healers, teachers, educators and guides all around the globe. I'm so excited to share with you chats that I've had with these amazing people who are showing up in the world and helping people to shine their light, helping people to create their own journeys and to, you know, move forward in a positive manner. My intention for creating this new series where I talk to these amazing people was that I wanted to showcase other people that are in the world that are supporting women, are supporting humans, are helping, who are guiding and, you know, offering different healing modalities, mindfulness mindfulness techniques for parents and children and and everyone alike I wanted to showcase um, and open up dialogue around spirituality and healing modalities I wanted to just have conversation that flowed conversation that was um, informative and that everybody could get something out of and myself included in these interviews or these episodes that we you know and these chats that I've had with these people um, has opened up so much to me so I can only imagine what it's going to do for you guys Um, so I am so excited to announce this new series and I absolutely hope you love it as much as I do so let's get into today's episode Today, I got to sit down and have a chat to Julie Ford. Julie Ford's a certified life coach, speaker, trainer, and author of the book, Creating Time and Energy. Julie works with teens and parents as they navigate some of the richest and most challenging transitions to independence. Together, they enjoy every stage and see the treasures available in each and every moment. Chatting with Julie was a beautiful experience, just looking at things in a different perspective and opening up dialogue around that stage of life. Julie brings such a beautiful energy to this podcast. She is vivacious and bubbly and I really, really enjoyed chatting to her about all things parenting, about her programs that she's got coming up and also about the radio program that she speaks on. So I'm really, really happy to introduce you to Julie. And um, without further ado, let's just get into the episode. I hope you enjoy. I'm so glad to have you with us today, Julie. Thank you for joining. I'm so glad to be here. Wonderful. So would you like to just start by sharing just a little bit about yourself, where you are in the world and um, a bit about your journey? Absolutely. I am uh, in southern Wisconsin in USA and we're here. It's nice and chilly. I was just telling Erin. <laughs> it's, it's chilly here. Um, we've got a little bit of snow on the ground too. So I live on a tree farm actually with my husband and two girls and they are teenagers. Um, 
a little bit about my journey. I have been coaching for a little over 20 years. And my, I was certified through the Coaches Training Institute in California. And uh, their method of coaching is the co-active. You know, everyone is resourceful and whole, creative, uh, um, and has the answers. It's just a matter of getting, getting to those because we sometimes can't see what we can't see. Yeah. So my, uh, my niche in coaching has evolved over time. I worked with... Um, mom entrepreneurs for a while. I worked with folks who were trying to find their mates for a while. Um, being a person who's been divorced once, I know that that's, um, that's a challenge. And everything I've done so far has kind of rolled into the next and has informed, uh, you know, my next piece, my next journey, um, and a group of folks I've served. So currently I'm serving teens and their parents. I started serving parents and when I worked with moms, dads would show up. And when I switched over to working with just dads, the moms would come back and I said, okay, you can both come in. <laughs> I get it. You're a team. And I know from being a parent that being a team is so incredibly important. Having, um, having a great teammate is really important. So I wrote a, a book in 2016 on creating time and energy. The two things that parents have dissolved right away and they absolutely have to have to be effective. And those things dissolve when we stop really following what matters most to us. So it's an indication, almost like that siren that goes off when you start saying things like, I don't have any time, or I'm so tired. Okay, am I actually living what matters to me? And typically the answer is no. So I created a workbook for them. Um, and I've, I've been a course creator for a while when I was in the corporate world prior to becoming a coach. I was a trainer. I trained trainers and I wrote training. So, um, adding all that together, um, and one of the courses I have written lately that I'm, I'm really excited about launching is called career journeys. And it's a course for kids to get their first job. It's scary to get your first job and you know, kids are like, ah, what am I doing? And, um, and it's really looking at it as, as I have evolved and like a snowball, everything I've worked on has moved forward. Uh, and picked up pieces that are of value to move forward to the next chunk of my journey, uh, I'm encouraging folks to explore. Those kids just think they have to have all the answers right away at age four when someone says, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. And they don't. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So how did you, um, you have teens yourself. Um, I do. Yeah. So how do you find know working do your children find it hard you working with other children or do they like love it um they they do they do appreciate it in fact yeah. we end up being that house where kids you know kids congregate and a lot of times they're like hey come talk to my mom you know come my, <laughs> come, come sit and talk to us mom entertain us they find me amusing um and, and sometimes to my chagrin you know why am i amusing i didn't mean to be amusing <laughs> <laughs> um, but they do, they do bring me their friends sometimes when they don't know quite what to do and, and, or say, and we sit down and I find that, um, I've been told by my kids, I've been told by other parents, kids talk to you. 
And I thought kids talk to everybody and they actually don't. <laughs> I found that out. <laughs> you know? I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I didn't, didn't quite realize that that's, um, you know, that that's a gift and uh, I enjoy talking to them. And maybe it's because I can assimilate to their language quickly. I found with each group of people I've worked with, I'm like, Oh, well that's, that's the language we're using. We can do that. Yeah. Right. You know, whether it's, yeah. Yeah. Great. So what are the kind of things that you work with these teens and parents on? One of the big ones is communication. And with that, it's connection. It's not just because we can bark at each other all day and not really get anywhere, but it's that deeper connection that actually makes an impact on what happens next, both for parents adjusting their style to we, we, I mean, you, you have grown children too, so you understand there's so much we feel like we have to pack in before they're out of the nest. And, and realizing that making a connection first is, is one of the biggest, so that they do want to come back. <laughs> so, um, over and over and over. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, especially this time of year, right? Um, so what's to eat, mom? <laughs> you know, and to come home for more than that, like, do you have a dollar and, uh, <laughs> and, and what's a sandwich? Um, but to come back and, you know, enjoy each other. So having that connection um, and, and some tools to communicate, not only with each other, but out in the world, because communication is one of the things that is both the, the solution and the barrier to a lot of, um, a lot of things happening. The conflict occurs because of bad communication or ineffective communication. And, you know, the antidote is connect well and, and learn how to do that. So we work with a, a lot of communication and connection issues. Yeah, wonderful. So what is like one of the main strategies you would use around connection that you would guide the children or the parents on? Well, one of them is when they're on their own, really looking at um, limiting beliefs, things that they think are true but aren't really true, but sound really good in their heads or really bad in their heads. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. sound logical in their heads, but they, they aren't true. So um, going through, is it true? You know, and giving them a process to test those theories, those limiting beliefs and say, well, is it true? Do I have some proof that it's true? Um, I brought an exercise from Byron Katie, um, a coach um, here in the States who, who looks at, the, she calls it the work. And it, it's writing those things out because once you get them on paper or say them out loud to someone, they are diffused just by virtue of getting them out there in the world in, in one way and the more visible they are. So that's why writing them down is so incredibly powerful. Um, is it true? How do you know it to be true? Who are you when it isn't true? Who are you when it is true? Mm. Going through that process is a key one. And then when both parent and teen have the same language like that to stop and go, Hey, wait a minute. You told me you're afraid that this or that is going to happen. Is that true, mom? That's like a pivotal moment when they're like, okay, wait, um, we are both using the same tools and let's look at that. And uh, it, now it isn't all top down, you know, parent to child, teacher to student. Yeah. 
students are sitting in the same room and then you can really get somewhere. Yeah, wow, that's incredible. And what do you find um, that parents are really struggling with apart from communication? Contribution is another one. Yeah. And instead of chores, I, you know, we've always called them contribution in our house because it shouldn't be a chore to actually, um, you know, put forth some effort in the place where you live because one day it will be your own. And, it, and so it should be, and I hate to see, use, even use the word should, but trying to, to put this intrinsic motivation, instill an intrinsic motivation within to to look around and make things better than you found them and to, and to say, okay, well the laundry needs doing. So how can I make an effect on that? How can I make a dent in that pile of laundry? How can I be empowered to do these things? How can I see what must be done and do it before it is this large problem that becomes somebody else's. And so having conversations around that rather than it being a list of chores, like do this or this consequence happens to switch that around to, oh, I see what must be done and, and how can I help? Yeah, wow. Moving to that attitude rather than, oh, you want me to do that? Oh my God, you know, yeah. like, how does that work when you're 25 and you have your own garbage and your own laundry and your yeah. own car to fix or, or keep clean, whatever it may be? Yeah, yeah that's a really good one actually because, yeah, it's always that – that fight, isn't it? To mm -hmm. you know, and I did it that way. Do this or else. <laughs> right. And, and it's just hard work. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny you say I did it that way. One of the things that I talk about is, um, what are the traditions and things that, and and when I say traditions, I'm using it loosely. It's not just for holidays and things like that, but things that traditionally happened in your own homes growing up, you and your parenting partner and how did that work for you and how do you want that to be different so when I'm working long term with parents I look at okay it doesn't have to be how mom or dad did it that might actually be limiting for you yeah. so what is actually more productive for you for your values that you've defined well and for how you move forward and your strengths and style yeah so what keeps you interested in doing this work? I see parents and I see teens real close up right now because I'm immersed in that. Yeah. Um, but they are, they are everywhere. I also see the products when I, when I get together with adults and I see the, the products of residual things that never, never had closure or or solution and they're still struggling with these things things that folks say like i'm 50 and i should know what i'm doing already i should be farther along in my career i should already know better about this that or the other thing rather than looking at this this time this journey on earth that we have as just that a journey as something that we are we are rolling along we are evolving every day and we have an opportunity every day and we don't have to disparage ourselves our situation our boss our lack of a boss <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's everywhere. It's not just in the, the teen niche, the, the mindset. I, I would love for it to be changed even before the preteen age, but I see how it's everlasting. It seems until deathbed sometimes. Oh, I wish I would have done blah, blah, blah. I have, have so many fewer, if any regrets at the end to, to just say, you know what? It, it was quite a ride. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's great. And so if you, um, you mentioned before, and we have had a bit of a discussion around values. Um, do you want to, um, you were talking about um, a download that you had um, around values. Um, would you like to, you know, share a little bit about that? I found it very interesting when we were having the conversation before, so I wanted to revisit that conversation. Um, so, I mean, just to be more specific about how I work with with folks in finding their own values, or um, or how mine come into play, you know, when when I'm working with folks, or both. Uh, okay. Yeah, both. both. Okay. Um, within the coaching model, I was trained. Values are gigantic, and so we do a lot of values exploration. And one of the um, one of the first ways of looking at what are, what are someone's values is you have them tell stories and a story about something that elated them or touched them deeply will, will bring forth things that they value deeply. It just as if you ask them to tell a story about their absolute worst day or something that ticks them off beyond belief, <laughs> yeah. then you will pull out, values because you flip them upside down and you realize, oh, you know, for instance, one of, one of mine um, that I told early on in my uh, work with my own coach was that when an ambulance drives by and people don't pull over in traffic, which in the States is the law, I'm assuming it's the law kind of worldwide, like yeah. you pull over, they have the right of way. And when folks don't do that, and it seems arrogant to me that they wouldn't value life enough. And I rolled down the window, you know, saying not very nice things and, and yelling, that could be your mother in that ambulance. What are you doing? And from that, <laughs> you know, it was colorful. Um, from that, my coach pulled out, oh, you have a gigantic value on the sanctity of life. And here's how else it shows up and here's how else it shows up and here's how else it shows up to the point where I actually have a program called enjoy every stage. And that is 100% because of the sanctity of life. It's uh, um, against my value to say the terrible twos, the terrible threes, um, you know, the horrible teens. I wish I could just erase those years. I'm like, that's life. Mm. You know, the geriatric stage, that's life. Let's instead of, saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to be 50. And, ugh, you know, I'm going to be 50. I get to be 50. Yeah. <laughs> and what's juicy about this for me? Because it's life. And it, anything that really looks at, uh, you know, killing or making small or it has an effect on me. And that's because of my value on the sanctity of life. And whittling that your values down to the top five is, is a powerful exercise so that that way when you're making decisions or you feel out of sorts, to put it 
I don't know, lightly, um, or you feel really off, then you can dig there and say, okay, well, let's revisit those five. And where am I out of balance with those values? Where, where am I not honoring what I value most? Or if you're really ticked off at somebody, well, what value have they stepped on? Or have you like lowered your guard on and allowed, tolerated something that maybe when you were in a stronger place, you wouldn't have allowed, you would have set that boundary. Hmm. Actually, after our conversation the other day, um, my daughter had a, um, a bit of a, an, a, an issue. She was at work and um, one of the ladies had just said to her, you know, um, sort of patted her on the bottom and said, you need to stop eating that or else. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she let it go. She was like, okay, whatever. And then two days later, she did it again, patted her on the tummy, patted her on the bottom and said, oh, you better stop eating or you're going to get fat. And my daughter went into this place that she, she's had eating disorders, things like that. So I was so angry um, just about this woman's comments because it could have spiralled her back down into mm -hmm. that place that she's worked so hard to get out of. She's worked really, really hard. She's, um, you know, had miscarriages because she hasn't been treating her body healthily. Anyway, so she's been, you know, loving her body and eating really well and um, I was in this place of like fury. So I put a post on Facebook as you do, um, just about, and I didn't say any names or didn't even say that it was my daughter, to be quite honest. And mm -hmm. just, you know, wanted to show her support from other women. So it turned into quite a negative post, as a matter of fact, just oh, no. people ripping this other lady to shreds. And I'd come from a place of like anger because I was thinking, God, what if, you know, my daughter goes back into these patterns um, just from one stupid comment? Um, right. Anger and fear. Yes. Yeah. And so I was livid. And then the next day I was like, oh, maybe this woman has issues around her weight. You know, so she's projecting and trying to be, you know, give advice and all that sort of stuff. So I did look at it a different, a different way. But my mm -hmm. daughter actually... Um, in the midst of her, she was having a breakdown, to tell you the truth. And anyway, then she she said, you know what, I don't treat people that way and I don't actually expect to be treated that way myself. So she just reached out and just said to her, she said, I'm just going to let her know that she's really, really hurt me and that, you know, these are my boundaries and I never want her to talk to me like that again. And she said it in the nicest possible way. And this woman was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, and so... It, and that's what I was thinking about what you said about values. That's my daughter's value was that she doesn't treat other people like that. So she deserves so, to be treated right. that way too. So yeah, I wanted to, yeah. So I was glad that I got to share this with you because we had been talking about it the day before, yeah. as a matter of fact. And I was like, oh, that's my daughter, you know, standing up for right. values. And I was very proud. So yeah. Yes. Good for her. And to be able to do that yeah. without yeah. anger or... Yeah. Or malice when when coming back or, or huge defense to just say you know what this is how that made me feel in that situation and here are my boundaries and if that happens again here's my action so yeah. that's where I stand on it how great of her 
to do that. I, I know it took me a very long time to learn how, how to just not flap the handle about that. And yeah. it's such a, such a huge gift and, um, and skill to be able to, to do that and say, okay, I'm going to cool off. Because the opposite would be also to just like take it. Yeah. And that's not okay either. No, because that'll okay. manifest in other, other ways. So a- absolutely. So come, realizing, okay, I'm upset because, uh, you know, you were upset as mom because she poked your mama bear. You were fearful. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. And your daughter was mad because, or, or hurt because that's not how, and, and even a little confused, I don't treat people that way. So she yeah. might have been taken back. Um, and I find a lot with weight, it's a generational thing. Yeah. It was okay it, two generations ago to 100% talk about weight all the time and to warn even the people closest to you, no, you better not be fat because no one will like you. Oh my gosh. Right. You know, uh, yeah. wow. Um, yeah. So it, it, so it's adding all of those things together and then being able to take an action that will move things forward in a positive way, whether that's an action of being like, okay, within myself, I tell myself this and this is how I handle it or verbally talking to someone or doing something. So with both mom and dad and teen, that's where we go when those conflicts arise. Okay, well, what happened? We're not going to dwell in it and, uh, we're we're going to look at, okay, well, what does that say about who you are and who you want to be and now what's next? Yeah, which is great. Yeah. And it's good to teach, especially our younger generation, how to deal with those things instead of going, you know, in defense mode or... Right. Just or quit that job because you don't yeah. need to be around that woman, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was a choice. That would be a choice, but yeah. is it... Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really work out money-wise. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so are there any um, resources that you have um, used that have really helped you on your journey? So like books or, um, you know, anything that's really helped you with your coaching? Oh, my goodness. Um, so many things. If I go with the most recent, yeah. um, I know um, – you and I connected as, as followers of Gabrielle Bernstein. Um, a lot of her work has really impacted my work. And as I saw how it could affect teens and, and their parents, especially Judgment Detox, a book and you know, a process she takes you through with you know, looking at, am I judging myself? Am I judging someone else? What do, what's, that, what's that about? And how can I, you know, notice, forgive, and move on, um, even in the moment? So that's a tool. Simple breathing techniques, because I'm finding that one of the large things going on with our teens these days is the anxiety level is through the roof. And a thing that's breeding that, you know, not necessarily intentionally, but it's, it's running rampant is we ask that question. What do you want to be when you grow up when a child is four years old or younger? And, and it seems harmless. It seems like playful banter. And when you realize what that can do to a, a, a being who, who is already something, they're a child, they're learning, they're beautiful. And, and it can switch them into, wait, wait a minute. I'm not something already even if they can't articulate that. 
it starts to breed that idea of I'm not enough. I'm not enough until I'm not enough unless I'm not enough. And so I'm not enough kid. I don't help enough. I'm not enough this. I'm not enough that. And, and I see it in adults. You go out in the world and they are already deep seated in I'm not enough. Some of the most powerful people in the world have that limiting belief. I'm not enough. I still have to go, go, go. I'm addicted to work. I'm addicted to, you know, whatever it may be to fill that hole of not being enough. So being able to change that question uh, to something, something more along the lines of what lights you up? What do you love doing? What do you love feeling? Or when do you feel best? What are you really good at that makes you feel alive? And how can we keep that alive? Keep that light, keep that fire in your belly. And how can we help you experience more of that and find a way to have that serve so it then serves you as a career, as you know, something in the world? The truth, the truth about careers right now for our kids, honestly, Aaron, the things that our kids will end up doing in 10 years don't exist yet. Mm. There's no box to check to say, I want to be an XYZ and have a box next to it. Most of their careers don't exist. So, so asking a child of age four to say, well, what do you want to be in 16 to 20 years <laughs> is a ridiculous question. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it does breed that right about that, that unworthiness because it yeah. is a question that's sort of like, well, you know, when you be this, you'll be that. And it's, right. yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that sort of point of view because mm-hmm. um, we do, we put a lot of pressure on our children to, mm-hmm. you know, be this and do that. And I see it too, especially like in the um, early childhood. Um, I've been an early childhood educator for 20 years and it has certainly changed probably in the last seven years, like insanely. They're on tracks now. Like, oh, you like art or you're good at art? Well, you're going to be an artist. And so we're going to put you in that bucket. And there you go. You're on a train towards artists and all the things that might be available for artists. Um, It puts a lot of pressure on the parents too, because they're like, oh my gosh, well, I have to have them try everything right now. And they need to be really good at something. So if they're good at soccer, we need to make sure they're so good at soccer that they get the scholarship so that they can have the job that they need because they go to the university they need because they, and yeah, it, it's insanity. It is insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and, and parents too, they, they, that's exactly right. They're trying to do, you know, well, if that doesn't work, the soccer, then we'll dr- try the music. We'll try the karate. We'll try the tennis. We'll try this. So they're running around like their heads are cut off and yep. you know, like a chook with their head cut off and it's just their stress. So their stress yes. come back to their children. So it's just yeah. a snowball effect. Someone asked me once, what's the best thing that I can do for my child? And I ask myself that all the time too, because I know that I get worked up into a frothy frenzy too. Like, <gasps> I'm yeah. not doing enough. I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm, I mean, I was doing EFT. We could talk about EFT another time, but oh, you know, I, I, I was, I was tapping yeah. on 
I'm not enough because I'm sitting here, you know, Aaron and I were talking about (laughs) the room I'm in behind me full of unboxed, unwrapped gifts for the holiday, (laughs) you know, that need to happen. Do I have enough? Could I, am I providing enough? Do is, am I everybody going to have enough fun? And I'm like, Oh, I'm in it. Let's get out of it. (laughs) So right. Tap, tap, tap. Let's tap that right out of here. You know, let's be present instead of giving all the presents, you know, and I, I know that's trite, but it's so true. A parent's presence, like truly I described it as white. So your eyes time with each child is, is a better gift than anything all wrapped up or you wrapped in just like severe tension is. So what can I do today to be more present so that I can, I can be with those kids so that what they remember isn't mom freaking out or dad flipped out and yelling. They remember, Hey, we had fun. We were goofing. We were, we might've been dirty and sometimes cold, (laughs) but, but we, we were loved. We had fun and they were there. Thinking about that actually last night, just a few, um, you know, like a house that I used to live in, and I think it was, um, I just remember really, really good um, memories just of hanging out with my mum and my dad. And I think it was before my younger brother came and my older brother was like five years older than me. So it was like, it must have been a time where they were just with me all the time. Well, I'm focused like, on you. That's awesome. Yeah, and I was just thinking about it last night. And I thought, I wonder why I've got such good memories and I can remember stuff from that house. And mm-hmm. then in other places, it's just like a blur. But I would just say it's probably because there was, there was time for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clarity around what you were doing. So it solidified really well in your mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. Anyway. <laughs> it's just something I was thinking on last night. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and then you're just saying that. It's like, yeah, that's what it probably was, was that that time spent and that like quality time, not rush mm-hmm. on rush. Yeah, which is, yeah, memories. <laughs> I know, I, I know. And that's how we learn. That's, that's when the things solidify most, when, when we're calm and clear. Um, so you think about their own learning or listening to us. And if I'm in a frenzy and I give them four directions right away, you need to go and do this and this and this. They're like, what did you just say? Like, mom, what? So then sometimes, do, do, you, do you all have Dora the Explorer, the cartoon? Yeah. Dora? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I go all Dora on them, even though that's been years and years ago. And I'm like, you need to do this, this, and this. And then it brings it all down because it brings it back to humor and yeah. something we used to do all the time. And believe it or not, they get the three things done because they can remember. <laughs> Well, get me some milk, pick up your sister, and come home on time. <laughs> Whatever works. Right. <laughs> Very good. So is there anything that um, you would like to talk about, um, any programs that you've got coming out, um, anything that is in the works that you want to chat about? 
You know, I've got a couple of things in the works, um, so I'm glad you asked. I have um, already one group coaching called Enjoy Every Stage, and so I get parents together, whether it's just one of the parenting partners or both, and we talk about enjoying all the parts, the good, the bad, the ugly, the fuzzy, the you know, moldy, whatever. We talk about all the parts of parenting and all the parts of us as people as we parent, which ties into that whole when we're calm, they're calm. When, um, when we're clear, they understand. And when we're thriving, they have a better chance of thriving. So I, I'm, I have another one in the works, and I'm not sure time zone wise if it would work for your audience, but you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to start one that does. And it's all via Zoom like this. Yeah. So it's fantastic because you can, my, uh, my clients even jump on in the car. And so sometimes, you know, they, they turn the video down and don't watch us, thankfully, but they, they can um, have the audio going and they, or they're sitting in a parking lot. So it works for um, taking a break from work and really having that recharge time for them. So that's one of my programs, Enjoy Every Stage Group Coaching. I started a radio uh, show as well, and it's internet radio, and it's available um, via replay and recording as well. It's called Tools of Life, and it's on a station that is focused on encouragement. Your daily dose of encouragement is their tagline, and the tools of life are all kinds of different tips and tools for raising the joy when raising the next generation, because when we're joyful, we set a great foundation for them. And the, you know, the last thing I, I already mentioned, my career journeys course, it's digital, but we have a, a Zoom version as well that's sort of like a flipped classroom. You may, being an educator, you may know the flipped classroom where you watch the digital at home and then you come and you workshop when you're live. So they get that part done and then we workshop what they're working on. You know, what does your career mindset look like for getting your first job? Um, what would a resume look like for you? So go through that part of the course and then we'd come in and workshop. What does your resume look like? What does your, uh, or CV your, uh, or your application um, for, for various jobs? And then how can you be really successful in that interview? Yeah, that's really great. Value proposition. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's just about ready to launch and um, I've, I've got it. I just am getting that cart ready. <laughs> Very good, very good. Um, I will add in the show notes um, where people can find you, but do you want to tell people where they can um, find you? Absolutely. My business is called Jewels of Life, and that's J-U-L-Z as in zebra, O-F as in Frank, L-I-F-E, like life is good. Jewelsoflife.com. I'm Jewels of Life on Facebook. I'm Jewels of Life on Instagram. And those are great places to find me and all kinds of goofy quips and weird shenanigans that I'm up to because the more fun you add into your parenting, the better connection you have. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. And the last question that I want to ask you um, is what does the phrase inner light mean to you? Oh, inner light is a beautiful phrase. And to me, that's all of this, the spirit that, that we possess before we even know that we do. And I think as, as both parents and kids, our jobs 
is to hone that so that it can be so bright and warm that it seeps out of us without us having to really say a word but it is just who we are yeah that is so beautiful i'm loving asking this question because um for me it's it's very similar but it's just lovely getting everybody's different take on what you know light is and i just i love that like that is just beautiful thank you absolutely so i want to thank you so much for joining me today and um you know, our listeners will have a look and see if they can find you on social platforms. If anybody's interested in checking out Jules's um, courses, digital courses, and listening to her on the um, radio station, I will also tag all those things in the show notes and you can look Jules up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so Life's a treasure. You. Start digging. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So thank you so much for joining me today, Jules. I've absolutely enjoyed it. Thank you. Wonderful. I have too. I have too. Thanks for asking me, Erin. It's been wonderful. Thank you.